episode 29 nerd apocalypse Many years ago, in a land called Vecchio, there traveled many heroes, and their adventures were great. You really gotta do that thing that you've been wanting to do for a while, because I can tell you're like, you're calling out for like, it's a call for help, is what that (laughs) was. That was a call for help, or a call for like, acknowledgement. What what kind of acknowledgement could I possibly need, Corey? You want me to go, oh my god, that was so amazing. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Was it? Was it amazing? <laughs> <laughs> Sigh. Ouch, mate. I wasn't trying that hard, though. Sure you weren't. No, I wasn't. As he dies a little bit inside, <laughs> I see the light leaving his, his cherubic-like eyes. His, Ouch. Yeah. You double hurt me there. Yeah, I've been thinking about doing that just for funsies, doing like um, uh, narration stories from different things, and I think it'd be kind of fun. Maybe make a YouTube channel. Do it. Do it. Maybe I will. Do it. Maybe I will. Do it. Maybe we'll have more than one listener, though. Maybe. Probably not, though. (laughs) Like how my other podcast has tons of listeners. Way more than this one, right? Yeah. Like by a million times? Yeah. But that's okay. How many... that's not a real podcast. <laughs> it's not. How many How many listens do you have on that now? Uh, let me pull it up while we chit-chat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... You irritate me. I hate Last you. episode, we talked about one of my uh, favorite D&D podcasts, which is the Titans of Altera. Mm-hmm. So I started a fan theory podcast for that, and uh, it was pretty successful, to say the least. So, uh, yeah, I got, like, the first day 50 listens, legitimate listens, because it's, I haven't shared it on any RSS feeds, it only lives on SoundCloud. Wow. Yeah, and uh, the people that, well, the... The person behind the Titans of Altera, Josh, shared it on their Twitter and his personal page. Like, you should really listen to this. Oh, God. So, like, so you got his whole built-in audience. Yeah. So I don't consider it a true podcast because it's riding on the coattails yeah, but of something that's already established. It doesn't matter. We have eight followers. That's more than Babbleheads instantly. <laughs> and uh let's see if i can figure out on mobile to see the listens i don't know if you don't I can. you can't because you don't, you don't have pulse uh you have to have pulse all right well it's got 54 plays on the first episode oh well that's not that that great i mean for being something that's not shared anywhere our first episode has 154 listens i think Yes, but that's after how long? Shut up! Don't knock me down! <laughs> that first episode still pops up sometimes in a week of people listening to it. Yeah. Probably because we're talking about CrossFit. Could be. Remember Definitely those be. days? Yeah, I do. I look upon them with total non-fondness. <laughs> it's a shame. 
So we can't give a, a diet update this podcast. No, we're breaking the curtain a little bit because we are trying to pre-record an episode here. So let's see if we don't release. Will it be the f- final week of the diet when we can give an update? Because yes, yep. yeah. so that'll work out, and then we can do. Ooh, we're gonna have to do a post uh, charity stream. Update. Oh man, that's gonna be an interesting. Maybe we record an episode of the podcast during the charity stream. No, that that's asking for Trueblay. Why? How are we gonna do that? We're gonna have so much equipment. In that that's room. true. So we if you're wondering what bring we're this, talking about, we might legitimately want to bring this mic though. For yeah, Omni. We probably should. So if you're wondering what we're talking about, yeah. uh babbleheads and. Nosferatu D and some friends are getting together to do a 24-hour charity stream. And it, we're not taking any naps, Corey. Yes, we are. No, you're not. I'm going to pass No, out. you're going to drink a lot of caffeine. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm bringing a 10-pack of Monster and you're yeah, having some. Initially, the it was going to be Extra Life, which is a children's hospital charity. Where money goes to see your selected children's hospital. But Dan did bring up a good point that now through some Streamlab stuff, we could possibly donate to uh, Australia. The Australia firefighting something. The wildfire. It is a thing. more immediate need. It is. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. So we're not officially announcing yeah, we what the yet. charity is. Uh I'd like to a week before so the plan for the charity stream is the thirty first and first. Yes. Six PM on the thirty first until six, 6 PM, PM on, on the first. So uh the week before that uh I'd like to meet up and we'll get the final details all figured out and we'll make official posts on this channel, personal stuff, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Because to any listeners, we'd really appreciate no matter what cause we pick, it's going to be a good cause and it's just going to be a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah, and if you can't donate, just stop by and watch and we'll make sure that everyone who listens to this podcast will have a link to come and watch as it Absolutely. will be a live event. Yes, 24 hours live. And I believe the plan is to stream it on Nosferatu D's Twitch channel. I think so, yeah. It just makes the most sense. It's already established. Yep. He has moderators who I'm sure will be willing to help out. I am actually a moderator too. Thanks, Dan. Oh, you got promoted. I did. But um, so it just to me, it makes a lot more sense. We're not looking for anything else. If Maybe if we start doing more streams, which is something I'd consider doing like a monthly gaming stream. You, you mean us? Yes. Not like 24 hours, but like you and a couple me hours. Playing a game? Yeah. Maybe. Under the Babbleheads name? Yeah. Babbleheads.tv.twitch.buddy. Something like that. But anyway... <laughs> Um, we've got some exciting <clears throat> things planned, uh, thinking close to 24 different games in a 24 hour span, um, to keep it interesting, relive some old games, new games, single player co-op should be great. How many PCs do you think we'll be able to squeeze into that, that son of a gun? 
I don't know. I don't. We don't need that many. We only really need one. What if I went, everybody, we're going to play classic WoW. You all need a PC and make a or character and we just you, go, we're going to go Storm Elwyn. You're going to buy me a laptop? No. Okay. That's not going to happen. I have a laptop. Mm. I have two laptops in this house that'll play WoW. Mm, there you go. Things to consider. It's probably not going to happen. No. I just thought it would be funny if we all, like, all at once made level one characters. It's something to consider. I think it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> because people would have to get the game and then also get a month subscription, and that's No, a lot. you only have to do the month subscription. The game is included. So okay. it, it only costs $15 each. You can propose that in the chat. But anyway, <laughs> that's just a short kind of summary of uh, we're thinking about doing a bunch of different games, having a good time, inviting you guys to join us for a 24-hour live stream where we're going to just hopefully raise some money for a good cause. If we raise $1, I will be happy. Yes, because that's $1 more than they didn't have before that. Yeah. And it's an excuse to hang out. Yeah. And it's gonna be it's gonna cost us so much more <laughs> yes, than a dollar. Yes. Oh yes. my god. Yes, it is. We're gonna have definitely hundreds and hundreds of dollars into this thing. Yeah, but that's okay. Which is awesome. Yeah. It's gonna be so awesome. So I might have to I might spend sixty bucks on a mic stand just to put this in the middle of the room. Maybe. <laughs> just legitimate concern. <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps. Alright. So uh I think this is inevitable. What is this? Nerd talk. Oh, no. I think it's partially our natural state. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're nerds. Speak for yourself, nerd. Nerd. <laughs> um, not the worst nerds there can be. No. But we are definitely nerds. Uh, so last episode, we talked... An hour about Dungeons and Dragons. Ad nauseum. Yes. It was pretty fantastic. And now this time we're going to narrate an entire story of art. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, <laughs> so, I have actually been doing a little bit of gaming recently. Two exciting things. One, I got accepted to Project Cloud X for Xbox. So, they have a cloud-based system where you can stream games from their servers. I've heard of this. So I can play Xbox games on my phone and not have it connected to my Xbox. That was the whole thing behind people talking about being able to play Xbox games on your Switch. Hmm. They were, I didn't hear that. Yeah, because they were... Um, <clears throat> there's speculation... That Microsoft and Nintendo might be might be teaming up to where Nintendo would do the hardware side and mm. Microsoft would do the sort of back-end software side. And that you would be able to have an Xbox app on your Switch. I think it might be a smart move. That could be awesome. It would provide a very diverse set of gaming on one platform. Yeah. Because uh, I think... I think both companies would benefit too yeah. because... I think Microsoft is falling behind Sony um, on the hardware end as far as sales and yeah. different stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so I think that that 
that could be good for both companies because Nintendo has a niche audience that will never stop buying yeah. Nintendo. And I think Nintendo struggles with a lot of things. Uh, IP, mostly, I think. They don't have well, a lot of, They have their own IP, and that's what people buy from Nintendo. Yeah. But they have a really hard time breaking into their serious game, games. Yeah, their game catalog is relatively small. And then on top of that... Their technology is really cool, but their online services Garbage. have been horrible. This time, they did this generation, it's pretty good. But it's also it also costs money, yeah, which it never has before. Yeah, it's been a struggle. Um, I still have it. I don't even use it. I've been paying two ninety nine a month for God only knows how long. I haven't played my Switch in like six months. Yeah, so um, I would not be opposed to that. But yeah, so uh, I've been playing, and I should say I played about. 20 to 30 minutes of Darksiders 3, which Darksiders is one of my favorite game series of all time. It's a hack and slash game. Did you ever play the originals? No, sir. They're pretty good. I loved them. Um, I played the shit out of the first two. Uh, The third one was in development for years and years and years, and it finally got made, and I never picked it up. So when I got this thing that said, you're accepted... And I can play it for free. I don't know if it's a trial, like it ends at a certain point. Or if you got accepted into the beta, they're like, these are the games you're going to be able to test it with. Crackdown's on there, plus a ton of other ones. Crackdown, I love that game. The old ones were amazing. I don't know how the new one is. I have the original Crackdown. Yeah, the original Crackdown uh, was amazing. Um, So I don't know how the new one is. But anyway, it's really cool because... I I like that direction of mobile gaming, if that makes sense. Where mobile gaming is a lot more like actual gaming, well, not I mean, not for nothing on your phone. You can Bluetooth an Xbox controller directly to your phone now. Well, that's how you have to do yeah. it. Like that's for this service, you have to do it, and they actually suggest purchasing. Um, non-name brand stuff because they haven't even released the name brand Microsoft like phone mount because it's such early access. So I'm, I'm really excited to be involved with it. I'm trying to figure out how I can get um, the... You can also... So there's that where you use their servers. You don't have to own an Xbox to play Xbox games, which is amazing. So I'm sure that service is probably going to be... Fairly you know, expensive. Funny. I have a I have a way to play a lot of Xbox games without having an Xbox too. Go over to somebody's house. PC. Yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't even need a PC. I mean, but you need a phone. So yeah, which so, is just as expensive. But everybody, as a PC. everybody has a cell phone nowadays. So it's just that's what I like. The direction of mobile games being that is really cool. Well, so the I'm, other I'm waiting for the point because really, I mean, mobile. I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the um. You know, your phone has a better processor than probably most of the laptops out there uh, if you have a flagship phone. And they have graphics processors built in as well. So, I mean, at the end of the day, eventually, you might we might be at the point where you take your phone, plug it into an adapter, which goes to an HDMI to your TV and a controller adapter, and you're just playing it as if it were a console. Maybe. Um, I do. So, that that's the one option is you don't need an Xbox or anything. You just need the account. And you get access to these games. And I see it's probably going to be an offshoot of the Xbox Game Pass, which I think is like 20 bucks a month or something. But you get all these games you can play for free. But when you stop paying for the pass, you stop and lose access to the games. 
Um, the other option is you can actually connect to your Xbox and use your Xbox as the server that so you're playing and streaming games on your phone from the xbox so that is cool for people with that have it already yeah already have a library so i would assume with that that's going to become a feature that just is i couldn't imagine anyone wanting to pay more to play a game they own yeah because you're running it on your machine over your internet that you're paying to be able to connect and buying I'm sure that's going to be I on think, the next generation a standard I don't, practice. I don't foresee PC games ever dying, but I do see that consoles are slowly dying. Yes, to an extent, yeah. Um, so, what's cool is like I would love to be able to play The Witcher at work on break. You can right now. Well... I mean, on my you Xbox. You have a Switch. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> and it's I, for that's Switch. a specific thing. But I'm talking like take... Uh, imagine if they do go through with this plan where the where yeah. that I heard of through, you know, God only knows where, that yeah. you'd be able to play your Xbox games on your Switch. I mean, yeah. that'd be so, momentous. Anyway, that's really cool. Um, I do think that the thing with the phone is that the screen is just so drastically smaller. Yeah. It is tough to see even with things. even with a larger phone like mine, where I have the S eight plus. It still is pretty small. Um, so I don't know how all games will perform on that, but I think both of those options are really cool. I think what if it becomes a standard practice, you might just see game developers having like a setting in their. Tune on the graphics to match the phone. Well, not even that, because the graphics look pretty good. It's more have it so that you can read the HUD better, and maybe it increases the size of the HUD or something. Resolution. Just so so things like that are easier to see without changing anything else. Um, Obviously, it would be horrible if games started downgrading so they could be played on the phone. That is not the direction I want to see it going. But all in all... The short time I played it, I'm pretty impressed. It's pretty cool. Um, so I might order one of those adapters for the controller to mount the thing on it and give it a real shot. Um, as far as consoles dying, I don't know if we're there yet. I just don't know. Because I think there's always going to be, at least for a long time the desire for people to have something that plugs directly into the TV that is mainly focused on gaming, whether or not that's going to be an app on a device. That's what I'm saying. I think that the direction we're going will eventually probably lead us to the phone just being the game hub. Well, yeah, or it's going to be something more like a Roku stick. You know, the Xbox Amazon Fire tried it. They had the Fire TV um, uh, Ultimate. And it came with a gaming controller. Hmm. See, the I believe Google something, is it Stadia? Stadia, yeah. I've heard that that just doesn't have enough on it. That might be the direction it's going. The problem with that is there's going to be a blackout period for all these people that don't have good internet that are no longer going to be able to play games. Yeah. You know, we're moving more and more now... Away from the physical copies. To where... 
uh, people without internet can't game. And especially around here, like my coworker, he doesn't have internet at his house. What? Yeah. He doesn't have internet at his house. So I don't know if we're quite yet there where we can go fully online. Does he not have internet by choice? No, he literally can't get it. He can have satellite. Yeah, but that's not going to do very well at all. As long as you're not actually playing online, if you could download the game to your console and play, then yeah. you'd be good. I don't... I. My fear is that we're eventually going to get to the point where you have to be online all the time and never be offline to play a game. Yeah. And that is just horrible because, you know, you, you lose internet and you're down. You can't do, you can't play games anymore. Like, <clears throat> it doesn't affect me now as much as it would have because I don't play video yeah, games same. that much. But, like, it's still frustrating when you get something and you have to do something else to be able to play. I can tell you exactly how many video games I... How many hours of video games I've played this whole week. Uh Uh-huh. It's very easy to do because I played one, it was today, and it was for two hours. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's easy because this week has only been a day so far. No, I meant... I'm talking Sunday to Sunday. Okay. Um, so... Sunday to Saturday? I have uh, picked The Witcher 3 back up. I need to. I need to play it. I've I have a the, physical copy of it. I could just give it to you, actually, for Xbox. Yeah, I mean that'd be cool, but it requires me to use the TV. I think I need to get it for Switch. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. Um, it's just amazing. I've I've literally seen the whole game. Yeah, I know. We've talked about <clears> this. <throat> um, it's just like it's an experience, man. It really is, and that's the thing is, it's for a long time. I've looked at gaming like uh, it's like something that like I'm kind of over and it, it made me a little sad, but also happy at the same time. Like the fact that like I didn't really want to play a game because it just felt like something I didn't want to do. Partially, it's like, OK, maybe I'm growing up and getting out of it. But more, it was just kind of like a lot of these games have gotten into a bad space where you're expected to play every day. Or you miss something. And it would give me so much anxiety. Yeah. It's like, oh, I missed it. I have to play this event or I'm going to miss all these things and I'll never be able to get them. That was why it took me so long to pick up Classic WoW. So I know that it's going to require a pretty significant time investment to do anything. Yeah. Um, And I just don't, I really don't have the time. But yeah. I decided that I wanted to make some time for myself because I don't, I don't relax like at all like yeah. when i'm home <clears throat> so i get home from work i eat dinner and then i work on yeah. stuff like i'll work on projects for 3d printing or whatever and then i lose the, my whole night to that and then i go to bed yeah. and i just do that over and over again and i made the conscious decision that <clears throat> i want to take a little time to chill out and just relax mm-hmm. and certain games are really good for that yeah um I really think that uh, World of Warcraft is one of those because there's a lot of stuff that you can do. It's like Animal Crossing. Like you can go in there and just kind of like. Well, that's because Classic WoW was also before the daily world quest thing. So like that's why I don't. I keep saying like. sound like a valley girl. That's why I I don't pick up retail WoW is because I've been there, done that, and I know what it is. It's, It's a daily grind. 
to keep up with the current wave of what everyone's doing. And um, so Borderlands 3 came out and I have still not beaten it because they have all these like, here's the Halloween event, here's the Christmas event, and these are things you can only get during this. So we have to play that. And it's like I used to enjoy that stuff, but I really don't anymore because it's like i said it it fills you with all this anxiety well like i have to get it done before it disappears or i'm not gonna get this and it's like it doesn't matter because in a couple months now from now i won't even give a shit about it Mm -hmm. um so that's what i like about the witcher and the company cd project red they're like the holy grail of companies and i hope that their success doesn't lead them down bad paths you hope that they don't follow the footsteps of bethesda and bungie and bungie yeah and, and, and I, arguably I, blizzard bethesda <clears throat> i give a little bit of grace to and we can talk about that but anyway cd project red they in the thing with the witcher 3 when it first came out they're like we know you like a full game so on top of this full game that will literally take you over a hundred hours to complete everything. Here's more free DLC. Yep. And here's the free DLC that's coming. And DLC that's released that you have to pay for is like a full game on its own. Yep. And it's just like, it's what it used to be. I don't know how they managed to make money or how these other companies think that they can fool people in it. I don't know enough about the 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 financial health of that company but they're still around i guarantee so. you they just haven't been taken over by the bean counters yet maybe so so they're gamers making games for gamers rather than no. gamers making games for accountants yeah so bethesda what about makers bethesda? of fallout i give them a little bit more credit because the game that Mass Effect was Bioware. Yep. And Bioware was like the classic, like, they've just ruined everything. For Bethesda, I still feel like Fallout 76, which we played, Mm -hmm. had its issues, but all Fallout games did. And I thought it was pretty fun. I I respected what they were trying to do, building your own base, working with other players, fostering like actual relationships and stuff, not just passive playthrough stuff. Um, but the loot box stuff is just a very dicey thing, and it came at a bad time for them. You know, to have a yearly subscription to things and stuff, it's just not... Look, a good time for them. Let's and, just be honest. Loot boxes are fucking evil. <laughs> yeah. There's some real issues with it. And the thing is that they they had to almost do it because the bad press at the beginning when they released cost them probably a shit ton of money. And you played at the beginning. And sure, there were bugs and issues, but it was still fun. Yeah, but it did feel like a beta. Yeah. <clears throat> it did. I agree. Um but it is kind of it kind of is what it is. I think the problem is yeah, it was an open world 
and it just didn't feel like it had the content it needed to. Um, but I don't know. I still, I think they just got a really bad rap. Uh, a company like, so Blizzard, they released Diablo 3, and that was horrible when it released. And they did the smart thing, and they brought in companies to redo the whole let's, thing. Let's be honest, Blizzard has always been a train wreck at release. Yeah. They've always been. Yeah. Classic WoW, when it released, when World of Warcraft originally dropped, was buggy as hell. Yeah, they but, had, but that was partly... But there were still good things to it. But there Diablo was, 3, just in general, every part of it sucked. Yeah, I mean, I guess with World of Warcraft, it was partially because they just didn't anticipate how the popular the game was going to be. Yeah. So but, Diablo 3 <clears throat> got turned around and they did it amazing. And then they released an update and all this stuff, and they really turned that shit around. Um, but, dude, I forgot who made it, but Anthem, that's probably the most recent game that just flopped. It was supposed to be. Wasn't What was the other one? No Man's Sky? That, too. So that let's talk flop. about Anthem first. Anthem was like everybody was in Iron Man suits. And I've you never got, even heard of Anthem. Yeah, so, so you get different... Um, you get different suits. One's like the big heavy tank suit. One's the like middle ground and one's a super light heavy damage dealing suits. And you can fly around like Iron Man and do some really cool shit. And it looked amazing. Everybody was talking about Anthem this, Anthem that. They released it. And it seemed like all they had was being able to fly and make pretty looking abilities. The content wasn't there. It was the same enemies. A lot like Destiny. I'm sorry if anybody's a Destiny fan. But I hated Destiny. Because it started... Because I'm used to playing Bungie games. You go, you're like, oh, this is great, you know? And I'd watched it since the beginning. And then you do the first mission. They drop you off. You do the first mission. It's like, okay, that wasn't too bad. You know, it's good starter mission. Second mission, they drop you off right where the first mission started. And I go, this is bullshit. This is going to be horrible. <laughs> they literally took the worst parts of MMOs and threw it into Destiny. And all the people that never played WoW ate it up because they were experienced. They were first person shooter fans that were vehemently against WoW. But they secretly loved WoW because they fell in love with the raids and all these missions and all that shit. And I'm like, this is what made WoW popular in the first place. And it's just shittily done in a first person shooter. <laughs> and people just latched on to it. Duh. God, it was horrible. So, yeah, that a lot like Anthem, it just it had nothing to it, like no depth. Not interesting at all, just repeated stuff. <clears throat> Did you ever play Warframe? No. So Warframe is actually free to play now, but it's like the same thing. It started to die. It wasn't as good as it could have been. They re-released the thing as free to play, and you build and you are like an alien that can inhabit frames. See, that's like a that's a like a catch-22 to me, because what happens to all the people who already paid for the game? And oh, they've got their play. content worth, and I think they got stuff. Like, it it made it, like, worth it. And that game 
is amazing. And now it has the biggest following it ever had. And uh, again, it's a game that got turned around. And then there's No Man's Sky. Yeah. And I heard an interview that was perfect. A perfect explanation of No Man's Sky. And it's the danger of taking indie games and releasing them like they're AAA titles. And yeah. that's exactly what that was. It was, if that had released as an indie game, everyone would be like, oh my god, this is amazing. They there was released, so much hype behind Yeah, the they released it as a $60 AAA title that had nothing to it and did not work. Yeah. I guess now it's in a better place, but in today's world... You really only have one chance at yeah. it. And right. it sucks. It, it does suck. But you really only have one chance to nail it. Well, that's because that's when everyone reviews your games. That's when it, that's when you have the spotlight. When you release, that's your that's your window of opportunity. Yeah. And if you screw up your window of opportunity, you're never going to recapture that audience. Did you ever play the game For Honor? No. You told me all about it. I love that game. A medieval fighting game... But 5v5 or 4v4 sounds like awesome, right? Like you can play Vikings or Samurai or Knights. And it was. The combat was pretty good. I became a demon at that game. Like I could, it was, uh, you captured points and it would push enemies. It had so many cool like factors to it. Like you felt like you were on a battleground. Yep. So I would stand on the enemy's point and I would destroy them. I got really good at it. However, the connections for the game were so bad at the beginning. And there was a couple such broken abilities that people would abuse that it just ruined the whole experience for me. And I stopped playing. Because when no matter how good I got, things would chase me around a corner and instantly kill me. Or three guys would just play the same character doing the same attack over and over. It ruined it for me. Or when I couldn't get into games. Or would get kicked after a 15 minute game. Get kicked right at the end and get no credit. Like all of that shit was so bad that they lost me right off the bat. Right. And like I played it for a couple months. And then it's like. It's a game that requires such time investment to learn. Like any fighting game, you have to learn the moves. You have to learn the other character the other moves, moves yeah. to counter it. Once you lose that, you don't want to go back in. Like I'd spend hours just f- picking an AI that would run through the attacks of that opponent just to learn the signs to parry it. So the dedication I, is real. Yeah. So I'm sure you've had a game like that where like you were really excited for it and then it just flopped. Uh boy, I'd have to really think about that. Um <clears throat> hmm, what games have I even purchased in the last ten years? <laughs> well, how about some like WoW expansions? Okay, yeah, I can definitely tell you about that. Yeah. Um Miss of Pandaria. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so I misjudged Miss of Pandaria. Yeah. So I played World of Warcraft from Classic, mm-hmm. through Burning Crusade, through Wrath of the Lich King, even through Cataclysm, mm-hmm. which 
by the way, is regarded as one of the worst expansions ever. Cataclysm? Yeah. That, I don't remember what the content was for the high levels, but I loved what they did for the low level stuff. You mean the fact that they revamped the whole world and made flying in the whole world and all that stuff? I mean, it was... I liked how they fixed and made the quests a lot more interesting at low levels. Yeah, they did do a lot of that. Um, They, uh... It was the end game that was. Yeah, I never not played the good. end game in Cataclysm. Um, I did. I never finished the end game in Cataclysm because once they announced um, Mists of Pandaria, I quit. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so Mists of Pandaria was Kung Fu Panda Expansion 101. Yeah. They were trying to appeal to the Eastern audience. And so they made a Kung Fu Panda expansion. They That's introduced. What you Yes, they. This is my this is my take on that. At that point, um, they they literally introduced pandas as a playable race with monks yeah. as a character as a class, mm-hmm. and I'm like, they made Kung Fu Panda. This is really stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, you know what, Blizzard, screw you. I'm out. Yeah. So I quit entirely, and I and completely skipped that expansion. Uh-huh. I didn't even buy it. Yeah. And um, I I quit well for a long time after that. I was done for like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And then Warlords of Draenor came out. Yeah. Um, and I didn't buy it right away. Um, I bought it when it was on sale like a while down the road. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no big deal. I, you know, I kind of had the urge to play again. And I was like, I'll pick it up and it'll be good. And it turned out that Warlords of Draenor was garbage. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's a bit of a disappointment because now I'm thinking Mop was garbage. This is garbage. Everything's going to be garbage. But then I I actually played through the Mist of Pandaria stuff while I was leveling another character. Yeah. And it was really good. Yeah, that's what I did. It was I, really good. I uh, I forgot what it was, but they increased like the speed you level or something <clears throat> recently with yeah. uh, Legion. There was something where you could get through. Well, we'll get to Legion. Yeah, and uh, I played through Miss of Pandera because I'm like, listen, I've never played it. And pandas were in Warcraft uh, 3. Yes. So, like, I'm like, I, I never fell for, like, that where everybody hated it because they're pandas. I'm like, technically, they've been in there the whole time. But I played through it. I'm like, wow, this is actually, like, really it good. It was really good. Like, it was vastly different from everything else, and but it was really good. And on top of that, um, the actual storyline of yeah. Mr. Pandaria was amazing. Yeah. So, like, the whole idea behind Garrosh, uh, Hellscream, the leader of the Horde, becoming corrupted, and yep. he is the final boss of Mr. Pandaria. Like, that was super cool. Yeah. Um, and Thrall... Kind of got his send off, yeah. Because um, at the end of the day, Chris Metzen, who voiced Thrall, and Thrall was like his baby, yeah. He left Blizzard mm-hmm. at that point, and when he left, they gave him a great send off in the in the fact that Thrall, <clears throat> who was you know Green Jesus, his character, yeah, um, basically uh, rode off into the sunset and became like a hermit. And got to live his life in peace. But then came back anyway. He does come back anyway. But we'll forget about... We'll forgive that. Yeah. Miss, we're talking about Miss of Pandaria. It yeah. was actually really good. And yeah. there was this epic cutscene um, where all of the leaders of the Alliance and the, and the Horde are fighting Garrosh. Yeah. 
And it's just a great scene. And there's also the scene where Garrosh betrays Thrall. Yeah. And Thrall just absolutely obliterates him. Yeah. Um, that, it was Mr. Pandaria that had the beginning underwater stuff. No, that was, uh, no, was it Miss? I think it was. No, it was Kata. Kata had the... Okay, uh, that's horrible. Najatar or whatever. Yeah, where you have to go underwater and like... Eventually, you learn to breathe under. Oh, that, that was, was cataclysm. Horrible. That was cataclysm. Because you go, you're trying to go to Deathwing's island, and your ship sinks. Yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Um, but then I played through that expansion, and it wasn't very good. But I think I was clinging at that point to yeah. the Wrath of the Lich King expansion, which oh. was arguably the greatest war World of Warcraft has ever been. Yeah. Um, At least if you like lore. That was the last time, that was the only expansion that I hardcore rated. I, uh, I never hardcore rated. See, I did. I was on a raid schedule. We raided three nights a week. And I do like, I know a lot of people talk shit about it, but I do like, the last I played was Legion. But you can get into any level raid at a, li- a slightly different difficulty by queuing yeah but that is because you get to experience it but i think they did it right where the gear you get from those raids you're talking about raid finder yeah isn't as good as if you did it on your own yes and no because if you do raid finder and they because they introduced that uh titan forge system so like the gear that dropped had a chance to raise its item level like there was like a there was like a five percent chance if you did Raid Finder, that you'd get a piece of gear that was as good as Heroic Level. Which people were pissed about. Yeah, I don't think I like that. So, um, regardless of all that... But I like being able to experience it. Legion. And and that system was in Mists of Pandaria and World of Draenor. But uh, Legion did basically, in my opinion, did basically everything right for the modern game of WoW. Yeah. Um, they did the best they've ever done as far as making the dailies not repeat. Horrible. Yeah. The hero class was very well done. Yeah. Everyone knew the demon uh, hunter was going to come eventually. Yep. And I think they reintroduced it in an organic way like they did and, with... Uh, um, and Illidan getting... With, uh, what are they called? <clears throat> uh, Death Knights? Death Knights. They introduce them in a way that yeah, made organic. sense. Unlike, well, I guess there's those are the only two hero classes. So, no. um, but either way, uh, they they gave Illidan a very cool redemption story, which was kind of yeah, neat. like it revealed more about his thing. his motivations and his intentions. Yeah. Um, and Illidan's a fan favorite character anyway. He's not yeah. my favorite. You either love him or hate him. Yeah, he's not my favorite. Melfurion Arth- has always been mine. Arthas has always been mine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Arthas is a close second. Just, just because of how cool he is. Did you play Warcraft three? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so like, there's um, just that cutscene and the whole story and like you know when you, you know go when, really attached to him. You know when Arthas became the number one over Illidan for me. What is when he beat the snot out of him. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty bad. He left. He left Illidan just like kneeling in the dirt, yeah, in his death throes. Yeah, um, and he just walked away like it was no big deal. Yeah, and uh, so if we're talking about WoW, we have to talk about the travesty that is the the fate of Sylvanas Windrunner. Mm, I don't want to talk about it. So she used to be such an amazing character, 
And now she had a lot of depth. You weren't sure what she was thinking. And now it's just like chaos to be chaotic. And she's, oh, all females are so powerful. She went from like, like, I want to say like a, almost like a chaotic neutral. Yeah. To like a chaotic evil. Yeah. And it just doesn't suit her. Yeah. And then, cause like. So she was transformed into what she is by Arthas. Right. And she always hated Arthas. So her betrayal and the shit she did in uh, Wrath, of the, Wrath of the Lich King made sense. Yes. Because if she killed the, Arthas. The Battle of the Wrathgate yeah, is what you're talking if about. She when killed she Arthas. Killed, when she po- poisoned everyone and that's what happened to Bolvar. Yeah. Yeah, that that made you're right. That yeah, that made perfect sense. sense when the undead came and killed everyone. Yeah, which was never ever was like okay, you're okay. We're gonna welcome him back in the horde now. Yeah, like that. But anyway, so she hated Arthas, and then like now she goes back to the Ice Crown, which she was there already once. Yeah, she was there in Hellfire City or Ice Ice Crown at all. She's already been there. Yeah, and so she. Kills Bolivar. Or no, it doesn't kill him even. Just defeats him. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, makes it look like nothing. Like, takes the whole thing on easily, which, like, she gets her power from the power that he has. So how can she just surpass it to that level? And she makes him look like a chump. And then just destroys the most powerful thing in the planet. Keeping the enemies of the planet at bay. Why? Just, just why she, that's not her, that wasn't her character. And I, I understand characters change and she should be, she can come, become evil if she wants to, but like, it just doesn't seem natural. Yeah. And that, that's the problem at essence with any game like this, where it's like you, and it's the same problem with Dragon Ball Z is it's, there's always has to be someone more powerful. Yeah. I, but to be honest with you, they've done a way better job than oh, Blizzard did because I watched Super Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Super and it was freaking good I loved it I mean people complain about the animation and stuff yeah Um, and there are some characters that were like not that great of characters like Jiren the Grey the yeah. big bad guy at the end yeah Um, he was just so he's a great example of this like forced character development for plot sake yeah so like same kind of thing they did with Sylvanas they just like they supercharged her just to make her the big bad. Yeah. And everybody and, likes her. Yeah. Because she's a hot, powerful chick. And they did the same thing with with Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Super with, with Jiren. Because mm-hmm. Goku and Vegeta have just become so strong. Like yeah. they're they're like so the they started this thing and they've had to retcon so much stuff with yeah. Dragon Ball Super. I'm just gonna condense it into like a two minute thing. Go so for it. Basically they started out with the movie Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods. Yeah. Which was freaking amazing. It mm. was the best way to re- resurrect that series that they ever could have done. It was so good. It was so well done. The animation was amazing. Mm. And um, the whole premise was this dude Beerus, the destroyer god of the universe... Woke up from his slumber. He, like, sleeps for 50, 60, 70, 100 years at a time, right? And so he woke up from his catnap, and he had a dream during this catnap that someone 
on the planet Earth. Or, yeah, I guess it was the planet... No. He basically was like... He had a dream about Saiyans. Like, and it was... He said, I had a dream about this creature known as the Super Saiyan God. Right? And that this Super Saiyan God can give me a challenge. Like, he loves to fight like Goku mm-hmm. and those guys do. But nothing can touch him. Because he's the Destroyer God. Like, he can just snap his fingers and blow up an entire solar system. Mm-hmm. Right? So... He wants this challenge, right? So he's like, I got to find these Saiyans, right? And find a Super Saiyan God. And so they he ends up coming to Earth, and Vegeta's like, because Vegeta knows who it is. Yeah. Whereas no one else does. So, like, the whole first part of the movie is hilarious, because it's Vegeta acting like... He, he's, like, so subservient. It's, like, 100% against his character. He, like, does this stupid, crazy dance thing. And, like, it's ridiculous. It's it's hilarious. And it's good. Right? And, um, and they find out by summoning Shenron that in order to create a Super Saiyan God, that it can be, it has to be, I think it's six Saiyans have to join hands and perform a ritual where they infuse their power willingly into another Saiyan, another Saiyan, and that Saiyan will ascend to become a Super Saiyan God, right? So obviously it's Goku, because yeah. who else is it going to be? Yeah. Um, but there are some great scenes in that movie. Like, uh, if you ever want to watch, like, a Super Dragon Ball Z, like, it's such Dragon Ball that it's amazing. Uh, look up uh, That's My Bulma. <laughs> so like he's shown me this. i think i might have it was it was basically beerus slaps bulma right and uh-huh. vegeta loses yeah. his shit right like he goes he goes beyond super saiyan like he's never done and he starts he runs over and he like actually is able to like slap beerus and he's like, that's my Boba! Yeah. And he just goes all crazy. It's so Dragon Ball Z, and it's so great. Um, there's so many, like, beautiful moments in that movie like that, and the, the fight scene between Goku and Beerus is probably one of the best pieces of animation ever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, progressing through the story in a very quick way, Goku ascends to Super Saiyan God, and he has red hair. Cool. Whatever. And then... He's fighting with Beerus, and at the end of his fight, the Super Saiyan God form drops off, right? Mm -hmm. And somehow, in his base form, with black hair, he's able to fight and keep up with Beerus in space, right? Like, they're in the upper atmosphere, and Beerus keeps fighting with him, and then at one point he goes, just so you know, you're not a god anymore, (laughs) right basically yeah and then and then goku's like what like and he's still fighting like and um and then beerus is like all right let's see how strong you really are and he basically tells goku that he's using 90 percent of his power or something like that and it's like it's a pretty high percentage and then he uses, creates this giant death ball with his fingertip yeah and sh- and just chucks it at goku at the earth yeah. right like he's gonna blow up the earth and goku tanks this giant god destroyer ball in his base form. Mm-hmm. And then they basically said, okay, when Goku's body, because he's such a hardened warrior, achieved that level of power of Super Saiyan God, he absorbed it, mm-hmm. right? And became that in his base form. And then he, he learned how to do Super Saiyan on top of that. Yeah. Which is what that new form was, the Super Saiyan blue form. Yeah. In Japan, it was actually called Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. So they SSGSS is what they call it. Okay. And it, 
which is ridiculous. I mean, it's so Dragon Ball, right? Yeah. So they learn how to go Super Saiyan on top of Super Saiyan God. Mm -hmm. And then Vegeta learns how to do it just by training with Whis, who you find out is like the angel that always travels with Beerus. Mm -hmm. You find out is Beerus's master. Hmm. Right? Like his trainer. And all of the destroyer gods of all of the universes have an angel that trains them. So Whis agrees to train Goku and Vegeta. Right. And in exchange for his training, Vegeta agrees to eventually become the god, the destroyer god of Universe 7. Which is an arc that people don't normally realize. They go, mm -hmm. the, Vegeta basically pledges to become the next destroyer. Hmm. Um, but either way, they progress throughout this, and it's a very long series that goes through all these ways that they fight things and become stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And at the end, in this is spoilers big time now yeah. at this point. So if you want to watch it, it's spoilers. Um, at the end, they do this thing where it's called the Tournament of Power, the Omni King, which is like this cute, adorable little character. Um, he is the king of all of the universes, and there's like 30 universes or 20-something universes or whatever, and he rules over all of them. Mm -hmm. And he has the power to wipe out all of them instantly. Yeah. Right? So he creates this tournament of power, which Goku suggests, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and whoever wins gets a wish from the Super Dragon Balls, which are, like, can do anything. There's absolutely no limitations on them. Mm -hmm. um, and every loser universe gets destroyed, right? So um, the Tournament of Power goes on, and there's other Saiyans, which is kind of cool because they're alternate universe Saiyans. Mm -hmm. um, so they fight those guys. They fight all these other people. And then there's uh, the universe, uh, universe 11, which is Jiren's team. Yeah. And they literally introduce this guy. He doesn't show up until the Tournament of Power, but he had been foreshadowed throughout the series, kind of. Mm -hmm. He shows up. He's this big, bulky dude. And he's just super powerful for super powerful sake. He has no personality at all. Yeah. His backstory is really stupid. Yeah. And he's just, just strong. That's all he is, is yeah. just strong. And it did kind of ruin it a little bit for me at that point, where I'm like, dude, this guy sucks. Yeah. He's just, he's just strong. That's all he has. And then they make it like his whole character that being strong is his character. Like yeah. his backstory is shit happened to me. So I had to be strong. And yeah. then I just spent my whole life being strong. And then I got stronger on being I'm so strong. strong and I'm I just, got double strong. I'm strong. Yeah. And so then Goku gets this even more Goku form, like even more Dragon Ball Z. How much more Dragon Ball Z can we be? Yeah. He gets a form that you can, that, but the interesting thing is, the last form that he gets in the series is not reliant on him being Saiyan at all. Mm -hmm. So the last form that he gets is called Ultra Instinct. Yeah. And the idea is that he's trained so much that his body no longer needs his mind. Yeah. So it, his body reacts before his mind can even think to react. And therefore, he's able to do things that nobody else can even imagine doing. Yeah. And no one can get through his defenses and no one can stop his attacks because he's so fast. Um, and uh, he obviously ends up basically beating Jiren, but it, he doesn't. The person who actually wins, this is spoilers here. Okay. So the person who actually wins the Tournament of Power, Android 17. Is that the girl? No, that's the boy. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
he wins the tournament of power. Do you know what he's been doing for the entirety of the time since they he fought Goku? He was a ranger. He was a park ranger. Yeah, a park ranger. And he was able to go toe-to-toe with Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku. So that's, that's not the stuff. That's the stuff in Dragon Ball Super that I was like. Because like Krillin fought Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku. Yeah. Gohan fought Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku. Master Roshi fought Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku. And they all held their own. Oh, that's stupid. But I do... (laughs) But it's 100% fan service. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The only person who didn't fight Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku was freaking Yamcha, for God's sake. Like, everybody fought Goku at his max power. And it's like, come on. Yeah. But that... But it was so good. I I do like... I'm not picking on it. I loved it. Yeah, like when they talk about the fact that Krillin is, like, the most powerful human that's ever lived. Yes. Like, because of the fact that he's human, but can still, like, go almost toe-to-toe with Goku for so long. Freaking uh, Tian Shenhan sitting over there like, my third eye, though. I'm pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah, so... I got four arms. You, never, you don't remember that? Oh, oh that's yeah, that's from right. That's actually technically from Dragon Ball, like not yeah, Dragon Ball Z, right. but Ten Shen Han can pop two extra arms out of his back. Yeah. Uh, he also has one of the greatest moments in Dragon Ball Z abridged. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! What are you doing over there turning triangles into squares? <laughs> Stop it! If you've never listened to Dragon Ball abridged, you should. Oh, yeah. Are they... Did they get like finally shut down? Or? No, they're still doing it. They just they they took all like a two year break. Yeah, I mean it's got to be tough doing the same thing. I know they branched out. They did. They the, finished the Cell Saga now. Yeah, so you can watch all the way through to the end of the Cell Saga. I, know I don't. They, I think they said they're not going to do the Boo arc because I don't think they liked the Boo arc. The uh, Helsing, the one with the vampire guy. Yeah. They did uh, the entire anime of that. They did Sword Art Online too. And did they? Yeah, and uh, dude, genuinely, the Sword Art Online Abridged series is mm-hmm. better than the real one, and it's <laughs> not even because it's stupid. They did everything better. It's funny. It has highs and lows. It has emotional like things that actually matter. Like, yeah. it was actually genuinely better than the real series. Yeah. So I think we should take a moment to talk about Animu in general. I mean, we just. Spent 15 minutes talking about anime. I'm sorry I said two minutes and I went. Yeah, but here's the thing. I think anime, even I was kind of, I hated it for a long time. Well, you might have been also watching some shit anime. Yeah, so here's the thing. Anime gets a really bad rap. There are some amazing animated shows that come out of anime studios that are things that you'd be impressed with. Trigon is an old one. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop. Um, you know, I rewatched some, some Cowboy Bebop, and it it didn't. I hate to say this because I've always said I love Cowboy Bebop. Like it's yeah. one of my favorite animes of all time. I rewatched a bunch of it. And I'm like, Ugh. it's the shortness of Trigon, it that does it a disservice. Trigon, Trigon. I like that better than oh, Cowboy yeah. Bebop. Oh yeah, I do too. The animation and I, style of I used Cowboy to, Bebop yeah. really carries it. I um I used to love Inuyasha and I tried rewatching oh, that. God, and I was so like, horrible. oh, it's not good. So the thing, but there that, are some things I rewatched that I watched when I was a kid that I loved, like Bleach. I rewatched Bleach a little bit, and that was it's really gone good. too long. So the problem with that and Naruto, like Naruto, is a guilty pleasure. I haven't watched Boruto. Oh, I never will. 
Uh, but like, like, dude, I've seen enough of it, like just from like YouTubers, anime YouTubers, yeah, talking about like how they basically made uh, Naruto and Sasuke like chumps, yeah, and like Hokage Naruto, who in the original series was able to nine tails cloak an entire goddamn army, yeah, he can't do shit in Boruto, yeah. It's um, so the thing is that anime there's a lot of like one thing successful and then a 50 other people do it because anime is huge in japan like it's almost there's as probably as much of those shows as there are normal shows yeah probably true um and it's all churned out so um i but there are plenty of gems hidden yes and i think that people if you find the right ones you can actually enjoy it. And these are not for kids. I am a big fan of Shonen, which is like Dragon Ball. It's a guilty pleasure, Shonen is. It is. I mean, you don't want to tell people you yeah, like it, but I, I Well, just it's, it shouldn't even be that. Shonen is more just like action. Like, yeah. It's, it's I mean, like watching I, an act. So like, it's going to the movies saying you love action movies because you like watching things explode. So here's here's my list of of animes that I've watched recently that I've mm-hmm. enjoyed. So I had never watched Hunter Hunter. I watched Hunter Hunter. That was awesome. I don't think I've watched that. I uh, may have. You should. You should. If you haven't watched it, it's a great anime. It has a really interesting power system in it um, where uh, you can... It basically allows the characters to make wagers against their power. So like... Uh, one of the, of the characters, Karapika, uh, makes a, it's a bond, I can't remember what it's called, it's like a bond or whatever, um, where you make a, make a, make a deal that you will get, you get this power, but you can only use it under certain conditions. Mm -hmm. So, like, Karapika wanted to take down this band of evildoers, right? So he made a, a pact that he would get this power to basically just annihilate them. But he could only use that power against those people. Yeah. Right? Or And there's like a bunch of them like that. Um, and they start out with like these really intricate characters that are just great. And you learn more about them. Like Hisoka is one of the most interesting characters in anime today. I would recommend it. I don't want to get too much into it. But mm-hmm. um, it's unique and you definitely would enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I have recently been just so into Seven Deadly Sins. Yes, I know. You need to watch it. I've watched it all. Oh, you have? Yeah, I'm 100% caught up. Oh, okay. All right. So then that's fine then. Because um, the final is when they're fighting all the... Uh, the Ten Commandments? Yeah, and they haven't finished that yet, right? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, because that the dub. Was, yeah, because... The, sub, the sub's on the next season already. They release it on Netflix first, right? In in dub, yeah. Yeah. Um, But not in sub. But, yeah, so... Um, yeah. Uh, what else do you watch other than those? Um, let's see. Did you watch the new Castlevania? No. So, the... I hated the first Castlevania at first. Like, don't get me wrong. The animation was great. The story was lacking. But, like, it felt like Castlevania. The problem was it was just so short. But really, the thing with Castlevania is they released it as, like, eight episodes or something like that, or six or five, something like that. And it really could have been, like, two parts. Yeah. So it felt like they were breaking it it up for no reason, and that's what I didn't like. 
So for the second season, they added more episodes, but the story just got super stupid. <laughs> and it pissed me right off. Because, like... So we're supposed to be talking about animes that were good, man. Come no, on. it's really good, but also, like, it's just like, this is not what I wanted. Like, um, they start, start throwing other random vampires in and all this other shit, and it's like, that's not why I want to watch a Castlevania. So I'm trying to think of some other ones. Another one that was recently that I watched that I loved was Attack on Titan. Yeah, I hated it. The first season first. is pretty slow going and a little so, rough. My issue with Attack on Titan was that it was gore for gore's sake in the first season. Yeah, I would agree with that. It was just way over the top and trying to do what they can do. I think they kind of got away from that now. And it's still, like, horrific sometimes. Yeah. But it's at least, like, has purpose. And um, so that was my issue with the first season. It's like when you see people literally getting eaten or like and the anime, the manga itself is a lot worse. I bet. Like really, really bad. I never, never looked at the anime for it. It's bad. The manga. It's bad. It's like. And I just I don't want to see that. Like I'm not (laughs) sheltered, but like it's just gratuitous violence for the point of gratuitous violence has always just been something really stupid like sure in gears of war you might chainsaw somebody in half and blood might hit the screen but it's not even that bad like you don't see the freaking muscle ripping yeah and so anyway um tech on titan definitely redeemed itself with the later episodes and seasons and i'm back on board with it um i got and I think you hit it on the nail on the head. I was watching anime and I watched everything and I burned myself out on it because there's a lot of really bad shit. Yeah, there's a lot of not good anime. Like one style is successful and there's six other copies. Um, but for a while, like I got fully, I was drawing it all the time. I, I went down a bad path with it. You were full weeb? Not full weeb pretty damn close about to be tipping your fedora um so thankfully i pulled myself back from that and now i draw real art Yeah, because if you went full weeb i wouldn't be friends with you yeah sorry but for a (laughs) while like i refused to watch it in general um just because it was the same thing confession time i subscribed to funimation like last two weeks ago you should you genuinely should it's like i think it's 5.99 a month yeah. And it's everything in the whole Funimation catalog. Even, um, it's like the whole of One Piece is on there, which is an anime that I've never watched. Did that they I, finish it? I think, I don't know. I think it's still running. It was it's, really good for yeah, a long so time. So I've never watched it. And, and that's definitely a good It's one of the things showing. that I've never, never watched and I need to. Like, I feel yeah. like I need to. So that's part of the reason why I got Funimation. Um, the, uh, the other reason why I got it was for um, Fairy Tale. I hate Fairy Tale. Oh, you're one of those. Get out of here. It's just stupid, dude. The like, pu- no, it's not. Because you know why it's awesome? It's because it's the only anime ever where none of the characters are the protagonist. I'm not, not a single character in that show is a protagonist. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan. Do you know of why? Do you know why? Sucks. No. Do you know why none of the characters are the protagonists? Because it sucks. No. 
It's because the guild is the protagonist. And the cool thing about the show is it makes you feel like you're a member of the guild. You just need to open your mind to Fitty T. I don't think it's Fitty T. I don't think it's bad. I just don't. I'm not a fan of it. I I'm love that not. show. It's that is a guilty pleasure. I freaking love that show, but not as much as I love Seven Deadly Sins. I like Seven Deadly Sins a lot. Dude, Seven Deadly Sins is great because it started out as like a happy-go-lucky story with happy-go-lucky characters that like you see Meliodas and he just like seems like that typical shonen protagonist where yeah. he like is going to overcome any challenge and like yeah. you know whatever. He's just going to be the most powerful. And then you realize, okay, these guys are all just overpowered, right? And then you just start enjoying the gratuitous victory. Yeah. Right? And then they slap you in the face with the tragedy and yeah. it's like holy shit, like this just got dark quick. Um the other big thing in all of the anime that I think is a lot of shock to a lot of people is just the gratuitous fan service and I love it though. sex stuff and oh, it's, it's like awesome. it's just it comes from a Dude, culture that's fairy different. tale is literally the definition yeah. of fan gratuitous service. fan service. Yeah. I don't know. Um but at least like in the Seven Deadly Sins, there's a guy that always has his shirt off. Yeah. And I like, it's just that like, that's part of it. The like, only, it's you know, equal. The reason, why I, the reason why I keep coming back to Seven Deadly Sins is definitely Lord Escanor. Yeah, I know. He's, You're obsessed. He is my man. You're obsessed. I am. I am. A hundred percent. Yeah. Who decided that? You did. <laughs> and I think that's a pretty good place to stop. Uh, I think we can both agree that, like D&D in our last podcast, anime is something that you need to approach and look at and just understand that they're not all made it equal. Yeah, and not every anime is for everybody. No. But there are some good ones. It's not for kids. No. It's not for no. weirdos. It's not for kids and it's not for weebs. All right? It's for everybody. Yeah. So... With that, hope you have a good day. Tip your fedora to your to milady, milady, <laughs> and we'll see you in the next one. Later, everybody. Peace.